0: At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends ten thirty one seventeen. You are locked on Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And you are indeed locked on Magic. Today is September first, two thousand seventeen. My name is Phil Prosnick. I'm the expert and site editor of Orlando Magic Daily.com. It is good to be in the month of September because that means we are officially 25 days away from media day and 26 days away from the opening of Orlando Magic Training Camp. Uh, no more talk of what could be. We will finally figure out what is with the NBA season. Of course, so much to get to before then, including the opening of Eurobasket, which will be the focus of today's podcast, talking about some of the goals that I have in mind for Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier as they uh, represent their countries at this great basketball tournament. Um, I enjoy watching it every two years. gets us through uh, these these troubling times where there is no basketball on my TV. So it was good to have basketball on my TV. And then I'm going to close the show out today and talk a little bit about the two guys the Magic signed officially on Thursday. I'm adding them really to their training camp roster. I'm not expecting them to make the team, so we won't spend too much time on them. Of course, the place to start is with Eurobasket. It kicked off on Thursday, August 31st. it's being played in four different countries Finland, Romania, Turkey and Israel. the final the knockout rounds and finals will take play, take place in Istanbul uh, in uh, in about a week or so. Um, two groups went off uh, today or went off uh, on Thursday, including France so we'll talk about Evan Fournier and his debut but before we get into any of that, uh, I, I, if you're looking for the games at all, You can find them on the Watch ESPN app, ESPN3, whatever it's called these days. All Eurobasket games are shown live on Watch ESPN. So if you're looking for the games, looking to watch these games, um, that is where they are. They're kind of they're in the morning afternoon because you know obviously playing over over in Europe. Um, the next game uh, for Montenegro is at 10.45 a.m. on Friday, so you may be listening to this by then or not. We'll have complete coverage, including live tweeting of the games over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com and at OMagicDaily, oh which is exactly what I did for the opener on Thursday as France took on Finland in Helsinki. Uh, Finland if you, Finland does not has only one NBA player on their roster, that's Laurie Markkanen. Uh, the rookie drafted by the Minnesota Timberwolves and traded to the Chicago Bulls as part of the Jimmy Butler trade. Um, but they're a really fun, funky, spunky team, and, and, and certainly home court advantage helps them out a lot. And France, as I've, I think I've noted before, France is a team that's kind of in transition right now. Tony Parker has retired from international play, so has veteran Mikhail Jelibol. Um Rudy Gobert and Nicholas Batum are sitting out Eurobasket this year, and for me, that... Seem to give Evan Fournier a really big opportunity. I mean, the team, the starting lineup is a pretty solid starting lineup. It's Thomas Hertel, who's big international player. Um, uh, Nando DiColo, who used to play in the NBA, uh, has had a really successful Eurobasket career. Evan Fournier, Joffrey Laverne, and Boris Diaw. So some NBA guys in there. It's a really talented group. Um, they're still kind of coming together. Uh, but Evan Fournier, I think... You know, we can all, I mean, I'm sure there's some people who disagree, but Evan Fournier is probably the best player on this team, and so I, I'm expecting big things from him. I'll get to that in just a little bit, and in this opener on Thursday, Evan Fournier delivered his end of the deal. He scored a, a game-high 25 points, shot 8 of 15 from the floor, 7 of 8 from the foul line. I thought he did a really good job, uh, once he found his rhythm in the game, did a really good job getting to the foul line, especially drawing contact. And taking some smart shots, it didn't. Uh, once once he settled in, it really didn't seem like he was forcing his shots. But the reality is, as the best player on the team, you're going to have to force some things, and that's really where I think Evan Fournier struggles. Uh, and, and we saw some of that happen in Thursday's game. First, what happened? Finland won the game 88 80, or won the game 86-84 in overtime. It was a really, really exciting game, but one France should certainly be disappointed about. Uh, this is a game that they 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 had the talent to win. I mean, uh, Terry Kopman is a fun player. Lori Markkinen busted out, had a fantastic game uh, in his debut for the Finnish national team. But this is a game France really should have won, and France was really sloppy. They didn't take advantage of opportunities when they came around. Uh, they they consistently got in their own way. Their defense really looked poor. Um, I think not having Gobert back there really hurts. They don't have a lot of athleticism on their back line. Uh, they got this guy. Uh, Al- I think it's Alex Labasier. La- 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 sorry if I'm butchering that pronunci- pronunciation. Um, really young guy. He's, he's got some length, but but he's definitely very very raw. And you can see that with some of the fouls that he makes and some of the mistakes that he makes. And you know, I, I felt like a lot of what Finland was able to do was use pick and rolls, get get around the defender and just go into an open lane. There, there just wasn't a lot of resistance to them. Uh, and when Finland got rolling, they seemed to score their points in bunches. They got rolling, they took the lead, they had a lot of confidence setting in the fourth quarter, and they were able to, to keep the game. But getting back to Evan Fournier, which is what I'm sure all of you care about, uh, Fournier made a lot of big shots in this game. Uh, they, the, the France was tied... Uh, late in the game, and, and Fournier uh, got a, a tip-out on a scramble play, drove into the lane, hit a right-handed floater as the shot clock went off to uh, to uh, give France a two-point lead. They would ultimately give that lead away uh, and go into overtime. In overtime, France was down by five uh, late with about 70 seconds to play. Uh, they were able to, to get a two-point basket, and then Fournier got a nice flare screen. It was a play designed for Fournier, and he had a 3 to tie the game up it was uh, at that point that uh, uh, this guy this guy Jamar Wilson uh, American born guy playing for Finland uh, Jamar Wilson drove in on Thomas Hurdle I believe it was Thomas it was either Hurdle or um or uh, one of the one of the other players uh, and hit a runner to win the game for Finland so ultimately Evan Fournier's efforts there were for naught France committed 23 turnovers it was a really really poor game from them like I said Thomas Hurdle, who's uh, France's starting point guard, had five turnovers alone. Once they put the ball in Nando DiColo's hands, things were a little bit better. Uh, Fournier Fournier scored 25 points. Again, a lot of it came in kind of natural progression of the game. He did a good job getting to the line. Eight free throw attempts is a really good number. Um, but there were definitely moments where it seemed like he was forcing things. And, and I think this was a, a criticism and, and a fair criticism of Fournier from last season when he was the primary perimeter creator or, or playmaker, he really struggled. He's not someone that does a great job attacking uh, a standstill defense. He's not a one-on-one guy. You got to get, get him in pick and rolls, and Fournier did a good job splitting traps on pick and rolls and kind of shooting the gap to get to get downhill and get to the basket. And once he's downhill, he's a little bit better, but you know he still has this nasty habit of, of driving maybe a little bit too deep. Uh, so using him as your primary scorer or playmaker. Probably still not the best idea, and, and I, don't, I don't think that that was relieved at all with how he played on Thursday. Um, you know, he still kind of drives a little wild into the paint, uh, but uh, generally he made good decisions. He made a few pa- few nice passes. He had three assists, a couple, couple passes he made really, really nice and just didn't end up in baskets. Um, just Again, France was just really poor. They struggled to make shots around the basket. They struggled with turnovers. It, it was just there were a lot of things that France could have done a lot better like I said, they should have won this game. They were they they are the better team. They are a more talented team, but Finland is not a team. If you don't put Finland away, Finland is going to come back and and, and win games. They're they are a tough team, and that's what they that's what they do. Um, the other thing to note about Fournier's game was he's he's playing the three, uh, and Finland in the third quarter especially, uh, they they use this this play and this they just kept going back to it. Sean Huff probably six eight six nine small forward. They just posted Fournier straight up, and Fournier could really do nothing with them and forced France to double-team, and that created some cutting lanes for Copenhagen and cutting lanes for Lori Marketing even to get open underneath the basket. Um, and so Fournier did a lot to, 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 to boost his individual numbers, and, and France is not in this game without him, and I suspect that Fournier is going to have a lot of games like this where he scores a lot of points, kind of shoots around 50%. Uh, but... The other parts of his game, the other parts that, that I think the Magic want to see him improve, defense defense especially, I think he was caught a few times behind defensively. Um, he obviously, I think, we've ta- I've talked about this plenty of times, that Fournier is kind of a defensive tweener. He's too slow to guard twos, too, too small to guard threes, uh, and so he doesn't really have a good fit defensively. Finland, I think, took advantage of that in that stretch in the third quarter. But Fournier still found a way to score, still found a way to contribute, and, and that's what he does. I mean, I think that... Is what he does when he when he he's aggressive and, and and playing to attack, he's a very good player still, uh. And and I think where he gets himself in trouble is when he thinks he has to be a star when he tries to to play the star rather than just playing his game. Um, you know, I I can't say definitively that he you know kind of says oh this is what a star does, but it, it feels like sometimes, and this was the case even last year with the Magic, it feels like sometimes. He believes that hey, I'm the star. I have to do these things. I have to force this action, and that's just not what he's good at. And when he does that, you can kind of tell it's just it's not quite what he's capable of doing. I mean, again, I, I do believe it's good to see players stretch themselves and see exactly what they can do. Uh, but it, at this point, it's becoming very clear that this isn't the kind of player Fournier is. I'd like to see him get some more spot up opportunities. Um, in Thursday's game, especially, I thought that he waited waited too long sometimes to attack when defenders closed out on him. He would hold the ball a little bit. The ball would get stuck in his hands. And that's definitely not a good thing for Evan Fournier. When the ball gets stuck in his hands, that's when problems happen. He needs to keep the ball moving, whether it's off the dribble, attacking closeouts, or moving the ball to pass it. Um, you know, you set him up in a pick and roll every once in a while. I think that that's good too. And so, um, overall, a, a, a solid game for Fournier. Um, I think... Some of his wild drives, especially early, were symbolic of France's struggles. They were just they were frustrated. They couldn't crack Finland's defense. I think Finland was running a little bit of a zone defense early on and it took France a while to recognize it. Um, there are parts of this game that it felt like France kind of felt like, oh, we're just gonna show up and beat beat you guys because we're France. And France is a very good team. They're expected to get to the knockout stage. They're expected to compete for a medal, uh, in, in this tournament. Uh, and and the fact that they uh, that they kind of waltz walk through this game uh, when France wanted to dominate, they did. Uh, they, they, I think they got up by as much as seven or eight points., uh, but they can never pull pull away. They always seem to get in their own way. and that's something France has got to clean up if they want to be the be the medalist team that they think they are. I mean, and I think they should believe that they can win a medal in this tournament. The road for France does not get any easier. Yes, they're, they don't have to play the hosts again in Helsinki, But the next game for France is Saturday. They'll play Greece, who is, even without Giannis Antetokounmpo, I would venture to guess Greece is the group favorite. So a big game for France on Saturday. They do not want to start 0-2. That is a long road up. There's six teams in the group, uh, top four advance. So France has to try and get a win here to advance to the next round, which certainly is what's expected of them. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I think I hit on a lot of things, uh, things with Fournier, uh, you know, talking about Thursday's game that are very similar to things that we talk about with his time with the Magic. Um, you know, I saw a lot. I saw the Evan Fournier that we saw in 2017 a lot in that in in that game on Thursday. Um, that's kind of who he is, uh, you know, in some respects. And, and I, I, I joked, I think I joked with someone on Twitter, you know, we need to see 2016 Evan Fournier, not 2017 Evan Fournier. Not that 2017 Evan Fournier was, was necessarily bad. I mean, 17.2 points per game, he led the team in scoring. But I want to see him get back to some of the efficiency. Because at this point, for both Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier, we know that they can produce numbers. We know that they are starter caliber talent in the NBA. They've done it now. I mean, Fournier's has now done it for two years, pretty consistently. Vucevic's done it for five. We know. I mean, they're at the stages of their careers where they're entering their prime, and we know what they can do. That isn't to say that they can't continue to explore and improve, prove some things. But at this point, they kind of are the players they're going to be, and they're both solid players. I, I mean, I think they're. I think Vucevic and Fournier have kind of been the flashpoint for Magic fans, and. And as things go on the internet, there's people who just go straight to the extremes. They're either the best of all time or the worst of all time. Fournier and Vucevic are not the worst players of all time. I, I do have someone, I do have a follower who just believes Evan Fournier is the worst. I have plenty of people who tell me, oh, the Magic need to trade Fournier immediately. And I'm, I'm not in that boat. I mean, I, I, my response has always been. Evan Fournier is simply in the wrong wall, wrong role. I don't mind, again, I don't mind stretching guys to see what they can do, to, to what, you know, what challenge them to be more than what they are. But at the at a certain point, to me, bad teams are bad because their players are playing the wrong roles. It's not that Evan Fournier is not a starter. He is a starter. It's not that he is not your leading scorer on an NBA team, on a winning NBA team. And ultimately. Where Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic are at in their careers is at that point where they have done a lot individually. Like I said, I expect Evan Fournier to have games like he had Thursday night the rest of this tournament. Maybe not 25 points per game, but he's going to be scoring 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 points per game, and France is going to need him to do that. Nikola Vucevic for Montenegro, he's the only NBA player on that team. They're going to need, if, if Montenegro is going to accomplish their goals, they're going to need him to score 20 points per game. Grab eight or nine rebounds per game. It's a 40-minute game, remember. So, it's it's not that they can't produce at an NBA level. It's not that they don't belong in an NBA starting lineup. They're good players. At this point in their careers, though, especially with how long they've been with the Orlando Magic, it's now about delivering wins. And I think you can sense from both Fournier and Vucevic how much it hurt them last season that the team couldn't win. In fact, they've both gone on record in discussing last season about how frustrating that year was and how they really believe they had the talent and the team to make the playoffs last season, call—I mean, call that—you know—ego, uh, or, or call that—you know—an irrational belief in yourself, which I think every NBA player needs. Every NBA player needs an irrational belief in himself. But they did not achieve their goals last year, and and for the last two years, I think every player that's been associated with the Magic for the last two years can say, "We really believed we had a playoff team." And we did not deliver. So the question, of course, the next question is how do you make that delivery? How do you learn how to win? It's been the question that has plagued the Orlando magic for the last five years is how do you teach a team that has never won how to win in the NBA? And frankly, the only way to do it is to do it, is to win. And that's been something that's that's something that's eluded both Vucevic and Fournier with the magic the last few years. And and very much so entering this upcoming season. The Magic are hoping to do the same again. And so, to me, when I look at Eurobasket, when I look at the task in front of Evan Fournier and Nikol Vucevic, I see a microcosm of what they're going to have to do, because for all intents and purposes, Fournier and Vucevic are the two best returning players on the Magic, at least statistically, there's just, just, you know, they're they're two of the best. So when I look at what Eurobasket can provide them, and what I hope to learn about Fournier and Vucevic, is will they make the plays to ensure their team accomplishes their goals? Essentially, what I'm looking for them to do and what I'm looking for them to learn is how to win and deliver wins for their teammates and for themselves. Because Fournier and Vucevic are going to produce. Like I said, I expect Fournier to be the leading scorer for France in this tournament. I expect Nikola Vucevic to be the leading scorer for Montenegro in this tournament. But what we saw Thursday, even though Fournier is not a team captain, I think France still plays a lot through Decolo. they play a lot through Hurdle, And they play a lot through DL. So Fournier isn't necessarily the the, the team captain, so to speak. But he's still a very important player. And you want to see him make the plays to win basketball games throughout the whole 40-minute game. You know, Fournier tweeted out the stat that was shown on NBA TV a few days ago that he had one of the highest effective field goal percentages in clutch situations. And certainly in that game against Finland on Thursday, Fournier proved that he can be clutch. He can make big baskets. The ball found Fournier at the end of regulation, and Fournier, with the shot clock winding down, made a play that put his team in a position to win. Other players, you know, know, this isn't to excuse everyone else, this isn't to excuse Fournier necessarily, but other players struggled defensively, you know, giving up those game-tying baskets. Still, Fournier and his time with France the next few weeks, and and fair or unfair, it's going to be judged by whether that team delivers on their expectations. France, without Batum and without Gobert, certainly, they're not not title contenders. I wouldn't expect them to win Eurobasket. But, they are absolutely expected to get out of the knockout knockout phase. That's that. If that doesn't, if they don't get out of the knockout phase, I would venture to guess Vincent Collet gets fired. But like, I, I I would think it's, it's that that would be that serious of of a of a, a failure. But France, I think, is also expected to compete for a medal. I think they're expected to get to the at least the quarterfinals of this tournament, be one of the top eight teams, if not the semifinals. And ultimately, success or failure in these tournaments is based on results. They, they're, they, again, they are at a stage of their careers where their results define their legacy. Are you a good stats, bad, bad team player? Or can you really deliver wins? And the case with Nikola Vucevic and Montenegro, again, they tip off their Eurobasket uh, on Friday at 10.45 a.m. The case with Montenegro is... Very interesting, because Montenegro is not a typical power in in Europe. This is their first Eurobasket since 2013. Vuc averaged, uh, I think, 7 points and 8 rebounds per game in in his first Eurobasket. 7 points, 5 rebounds, something like that. And again, this was his, I think, first year with the Magic, or second year, heading into his second year with the Magic. He was still growing as a player. And yeah, FIBA play tends to favor guards, so you may not see Vucic put up the, the gaudy scoring numbers. But I think, I think Vucevic said it himself. The expectation, his expectation for Montenegro, the goal that he set for Montenegro is to get out of the knockout round. That's not going to be easy. They play some tough teams. They open up against Spain, who probably is the tournament favorite. So they're, they're going to have a tough time. You know that is, a, that is Montenegro is very much the kind of team the Magic are right now. Not expected to win, but expected to to make the playoffs. And so the question for Vucevic is, what does he do differently, or what does he do to make sure his team wins? This is not an easy question to answer, not one certainly I can answer or, or, or quantify. It either happens or it doesn't. And it's not that Fournier hasn't been on winning teams. I mean, his team though the France teams he's played on have performed well even with him in a supporting role but these are the lessons that both Fournier and Vucevic need to learn or need to gain experience in at Eurobasket to bring back over with them to the Orlando Magic it's not perfectly translatable of course Eurobasket is not the same level of competition as the NBA but it's just a notch below, maybe a notch and a half, because the, the, N- the NBA is way up at the top. The NBA is the top, the top, the top, the top. But there's definitely something intangible that they, ha- that they can bring over, a confidence even, to say, you know, I led my team to achieve its goals, and now I know what it takes or what, what, I, ha- what I have to do within my role. To make sure my club team gets there too, and that's why I'm watching. I mean, besides the fact that it's basketball on my TV, but that's why I'm watching EuroBasket so closely. That's why I want to follow these two players because they're both vitally important to the Magic's immediate future, short-term future. Like everyone else on this team, they're, they're, they they got to prove themselves to their new general to their new management group, and the best way to prove. That you belong is deliver this team some wins, take this team to another level, and they have that chance to do that in the next two three weeks. Next two weeks, I think, at Eurobasket, and that's why we'll be watching this tournament very very closely. Again, Eurobasket's continuing on uh, throughout the net throughout the next few weeks. Group play has just begun on Thursday. Before I head out of here for the weekend, I do want to note that the Magic made two signings on Thursday. Uh, training camp, guys, not expecting a lot from either of these players. Uh, the Magic made their signing of Troy Copain official. Uh, he uh, was a four-year star, a four-year guard at Cincinnati. Um, had a little bit of a down year his senior year, but left Cincinnati as their all-time assist leader. He averaged, um, let me get my stats here, he averaged 10.5 points per game, but shot only 39.6% from the floor. Copain, Known more for getting into the paint. He's kind of a, a, a bigger defensive-minded guard. Um, I don't anticipate that he'll make the roster. I think that he's a I think he's a prime candidate to end up with the Lakeland Magic. I don't even think he'll get a two-way contract. I think the Magic brought him in, they recognized some competition, brought him in on a guarantee, on a on a partial guarantee, get him in camp, send him down to Lakeland, and then see how he develops. I think that's something that's that's very, very important to to them and to him. Uh, so he's an interesting player. I liked him at Cincinnati. I think he's a good defender, good good versatile little player. Um, he's He's got to improve his shooting though if he wants to make it in the NBA. And probably even though he led, even though he's the all-time leader in assist at Cincinnati, it's because he was kind of a four- year starter. I think he's still got a little bit of ways to go to be an NBA point guard too. But we'll see what he can do in training camp, of course, if if anything happens in training camp, you know you, you force your way onto a roster. Uh, but we'll see what he can do. The other guy in the Magic sign was Kalen Lucas. He's probably a little bit more familiar to Magic fans. He play, he spent last year with the Erie Bayhawks and the Iowa Energy in the D-League. In 48 total games with the Energy and Bayhawks, he averaged 18.1 points per game and 5 assists per game. Shot 40.4% from beyond the arc, so he is a, a solid shooter, great uh, a solid passer and playmaker, although I think he can improve a little bit there, uh, and and a great scorer at the, at the D-League level. So he... Lucas is a guy who's really right on the cusp of making the NBA. He is right on the border of cracking the NBA. Um, I'm not sure if you'll get that opportunity with Orlando. He did play on the Summer League team. He he was one of the leaders in scoring, 12.5 points per game. Struggled a little bit from beyond the arc shooting 4 of 16, but I I, I take what he did at the D League a little bit more seriously than Summer League um, as far as just volume. So I think he can shoot, so I'm not worried so much about that. Average about three assists per game uh, with the, the Summer League team this year. Played four games for Orlando. Obviously, there's some familiarity with him. Like I said, he's kind of knocking on the door of the NBA. I think he is a possible two-way candidate for the Magic. Uh, they have one more two-way contract to give out. Um, but I think he'll ultimately uh, spend his season within the G League with the Lakeland Magic if that's the direction the Magic choose to go. If that's the direction Lucas chooses to go as well. Um, like I said, I think it's going to be difficult for both Copain and and Lucas to make the Magic roster. There's a huge glut of, of players at that point guard position. And even at shooting guard, you got Fournier, Simmons, Aflalo, Ross, Iwundu, all going to be wanting minutes at the 2 and the 3. Even Hazonia at the 2 and the 3. So there just isn't a lot of room at the 2 or the 3. At point guard, you got Alfred Payton, who's clear-cut starter at this point. You got Shelvin Mack, who you had just signed to a contract, so I suspect he's going to get playing time. And then, of course, DJ Augustin, who's got... Uh, Three years left, three years left at seven and a half million dollars. I don't see the magic uh, cutting him or doing or stretching him at this point. Um, you know, maybe in a year or two they might stretch him. Uh, but at this point, I think the magic are accounted for at point guard, so it's gonna be very tough for Copain and Lucas to make the roster. Um, you know, the team isn't going to keep that much money kind of dead weighted, um, certainly not cutting it. I just don't see that happening, and and at this point, if you're going to cut DJ Augustin, that means you're paying him his what 20, $29 dollars over the next uh, five years, I think. Which which is that that's a pretty big hit. That's that's nearly a, you're not you're not getting much cap relief in cutting DJ Augustin, even if you want to make the roster move. If 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 the Magic want to sign one of these guys, I think a two way contract is probably the way to go at the moment um, to to make room for him. Uh, as as it goes. But again, you see what happens in camp. I mean, no one thought the Magic would cut Quentin Richardson, but Daquan Jones clearly outplayed him and earned a roster spot in the Magic. Cut bait on Quentin Richardson a year early um, to, to make room for Daquan Jones. So anything can happen at training camp, uh, but we'll see what these guys can do. I think Lucas is probably the better of the two. I think Lucas is a real candidate to get a two-way contract just to keep him in the system and then see what happens next year if, if he really develops and, and, and can be an NBA point guard. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's podcast. Don't forget, you can go back and listen to my appearance on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast with Josh Lloyd on yesterday's episode of Locked On Magic. But be sure to also subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast as well. It's a fantastic podcast um, It uh, covering uh, fantasy basketball, of course. Um, Josh does a great job in-season doing daily recaps, getting you ready for the fantasy basketball season. So be sure to check that out. You can find him on iTunes and Audioboom. You can, of course, find us on iTunes, Boom, Stitcher, and tune in all the fun places that you can download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can, of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore OMD and follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedOnMagic as well as like us on Facebook at LockedOnMagic. For the latest on, Orlando, on the Orlando Magic, you can check us out at orlandomagicdaily.com and, of course, follow us on Twitter, especially for the live tweets of Eurobasket at omagicdaily. We'll have complete recaps of those games um, over the weekend and over the Labor Day weekend. Next week, next week is a very exciting week. Not only do I hope to have uh, my, my guest, who I did not have this week, next week, next week is going to be Mac week. So, share your T Mac thoughts with us uh, on on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as at Omagic Daily. We're going to be soliciting our favorite T Mac memories because Tracy McGrady is going to the Hall of Fame one week from today. So, we're going to celebrate Tracy McGrady all week next week on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, as well as on Locked On Magic. Looking forward to a Tracy McGrady, one of my all time favorite Magic players. So excited to celebrate his Hall of Fame induction all next week here on the podcast as well as on orlandomagicdaily.com. Also, don't forget to check out orlandomagicdaily.com as we conclude the Central Florida 85, the 85 most important figures, sports figures in Central Florida. I'm working on uh, the Part 4 of the list right now. I should have Part 5 of the list up either uh, late Friday or early Saturday. I apologize for getting a little bit behind on the schedule with that, but very excited to finish that list off. I hope everyone has enjoyed that look at Central Florida sports. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank everyone again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Wright. Have a great Labor Day weekend. I don't know if I'll do a podcast on Monday, but in any case, I'll see you next time on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is 9 dollars and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.